Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another action-packed episode of Nintendo's, the Nintendo podcast where we talk about games both new and old. My name is Brayden, and here with me... I am Connor. The beloved, the beautiful. How's it going? Not too bad. How about you? I'm excited to talk about some games today. Yes, we got some good ones. We'll get to it, but like practically copycats. Yeah, that's, you know? this is true. But yeah, it's definitely the same genre, the same style, the same a lot of things. But we've got a new and an old, and we're going to end up doing like a compare and contrast. The old inspired the new. The old is a classic. The new is a more modern sleeper hit. Yeah, before we unveil the names of those games that you saw in the title of this episode. <laughs> Already. Um, I just want to switch it up a little bit and say, hey, if you're listening right now, check us out on Facebook on Instagram, on YouTube. Please subscribe. We have a Discord server as well. The invite should be in the description of this episode. So, you know, interact with us. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah. That'd be fun. So, without further ado, let's start with the the feature game, I suppose. And we'll get into the gem later. But to start, I have been playing Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling on the Switch. I actually didn't know it had a subtitle. I thought it was just called Bug Fable. No, it is colon the everlasting sapling, huh. which is the story of the game. You know, you are sure. you are seeking out this elusive, legendary, everlasting sapling. And I had a great time. There's so much to be discussed about it that, you know, we won't even have time for. But mm-hmm. I want to try and get some, some big points out there. You completed it, right? You beat it? I beat the game. I have not 100%ed it, but I technically beat the hardest enemy there is in the game not on hard mode there's a hard let me tell you but i've come i've defeated the hardest of the hard if that makes sense okay you say defeating enemies what kind of game is it yes so for those uninitiated which maybe a lot of you bug fables as i'm going to call it from now on it is an indie game it came out in November of 2019 originally for Steam alone. Uh, it had console release dates, I believe, announced at the same time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it was just later on. It came out for all consoles in May of 2020. And and what's funny about that is I remember when they said that it was coming to the Switch was like, if not the same direct as when they announced Paper Mario the Origami King. Really? And yes, I just remember... And, it, again, it may not have been like the same Nintendo Direct or anything, but like the timing this, was so similar. I was like, "Oh, is, are these going to be competitors?" No, you're definitely right because I, Paper Mario was released like that summer, and we are getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, well, uh, just, Bug Fables is a Paper Mario clone. Okay, yeah, that was my ne- what kind of game is it? Yeah, I, I I beat around that bush, but Bug Fables is down to the art style a Paper Mario clone for better or for worse. And I went into this expecting a five-star Paper Mario experience because, honestly, that's how the reviews kind of laid it out. Mm-hmm. They they made it sound like this is just the game that we've been waiting for. Um, the first two Paper Mario games, as we've discussed a handful of times on this podcast, were just perfection and in a genre of their own in a turn-based combat sort of way mm-hmm. that the, the series then departed from right. after the second game. And that's interesting... Because I do remember before before Bug Fables came out for the Switch, back when it was just like a PC exclusive, it already was being lauded as like a a successful, accurate, adequate Paper Mario clone, for like sure. a a spiritual successor almost, and like 
people were praising it as such even sure. before it dropped on the switch and had like the direct competition of paper mario itself right right well it it just it takes so much inspiration so obviously they took the combat system so so i'm going to ask one more time what kind of game is Bug Fables? <laughs> get, you say you you're saying genre defying, genre yeah. whatever, and we'll we'll get to Paper Mario. Sure. What kind of game is Bug Fables? It's not a racing game. Nope. It's not a puzzle game. I just don't even know where to start though, because like I mean, I mean, do you do you forget Paper Mario exists? Mm-hmm. Is Bug Fables an RPG like a, just a turn based RPG, turn based action RPG? So, what kind of game is Bug Fables exactly? So Bug Fables is an adventure RPG that features three main bug characters. You rotate between them. They each have special powers. One is a bee who has a little boomerang. One is a beetle who has kind of the melee skills and can like break boulders and stuff. And then Mm -hmm. one of them is kind of this mysterious moth who has magic ice powers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as you're moving throughout the overworld, you kind of use their powers to maneuver. Uh, Traverse to... like the land, solve puzzles and stuff. Exactly. Yes. And then once you're in battle, it's, it's a turn-based combat system mm-hmm. where you are up against up to four or five enemies at a time. And you're playing as all three of your characters at once, quote unquote. You know, sure. you, they take turns attacking, such as turn-based combat. And, and utilize those strengths that I mentioned from the overworld. Kabu, the beetle, is, is kind of the tank, and he can flip over enemies and make them more vulnerable to your allies. Mm-hmm. Whereas V, the bee, can use her boomerang to knock enemies out of the air. Mm-hmm. And then finally, there's Leaf, the moth. You know, when it comes to RPGs, you know, you, you generally have like a tank and a ranged character and like a, a magic character, and he okay. very much fills that role, that stereotype. Okay. Um, and, and so he's, they all have their strengths, and it's interesting using them to kind of create combos and play off each other to, to you know, sweep up enemies as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. So they, it's, a, it's a balancing act, sort of? Yes. In each battle? And it's nice because, like, for example, if I'm facing three flying enemies, I can give V, the B, all three turns. The characters oh, can actually, like, pass off their turns, which... V the B, as she uses more turns in one round, she gets weaker. And so there's a lot of good, you know, interesting combat mechanics that they've implemented to make each battle, you know, kind of feel intense and make uh-huh. it... uh Make each one, like, feel unique, too. Yes. Something that happens in RPGs, I guess, too, is, like, you kind of overpower one character. Like, you level up, like, one character to be, like, the best or something. Or right. Or you stick to your favorite. And does that necessarily happen here? Or are they, does it, like, vary pretty evenly balanced across the game, you think? It's pretty evenly balanced. As you level up, the team levels up together. Like, the characters don't have individual power stats. Mm-hmm. I take that back. You get a couple <laughs> items throughout the game that you kind of like food items that can level up one like character's attacks mm-hmm. by one point. Upgrades and like power-ups and stuff. Yes. From there in the combat, you you have a TP system, which is team points. And that's kind of how you use your like combo and like special attacks. And like there are legitimate attacks that are combos where Leaf and Kabu will will use the ice powers and his horn together to like do this big frozen drill thing. And it's cool. Okay. Which utilizes the, the TP, the team mm-hmm. points. And then finally there's MP, which are metal points. Metal as an M-E-T-A-L? That is not correct, actually. Metal. M-E-D-A-L. Okay. Metal. 
which are accessories of sorts that you equip outside of battle to affect how you can battle when when you're going, you know. Right. But um, it they, kind of functions they, as equipment, sort of. Some of it is sort of equipment. Like some of the better metals, like give V poison powers with her boomerang, or mm. grant you a new attack. You know, mm. some some metals are straight up attack moves. You know, and then like some of extra them extra special are, moves. Right. Okay. Each metal requires a certain amount of metal points to activate. And right. so you, you, you can turn on and off the metals at will. It's very much a strategy thing to equip the, the metals that you're going to need for each battle. Right. Okay. So adventure being like the overworld, puzzle solving, world exploring. I'm sure like talking in like towns and stuff. RPG being like the combat, the turn-based combat system with the the party of characters that have their different abilities. You level them up different character classes, sort of. What does it look and sound like? Because it's bug fables. I kind of, That kind of makes me think of, like, A Bug's Life, like the Pixar movie. Right. Or something. Or, like, the Ant Bully or something. Like, what? <laughs> how, how buggy is it? Because I also don't really think Bug's Life is cute. I think it's kind of, like, a little ugly, but Bug Fables is pretty, like, cutesy and storybook kind of, right? Yes. So, storybook is a great way to describe the art style of Bug Fables. It looks like you tore the characters out of a paper book mm-hmm. and then put them in the video game. And that's that's how it's designed, you know, kind of scrapbooky almost. Mm-hmm. Pop-up book. Whereas, uh, I, I would say, like... A Bug's Life, kind of the lore side of things, you know what I mean? A, the, the world building side of things, you know, uh-huh. A Bug's Life is kind of comparable. It each, each insect species has like its own kingdom. You know, there's the bees, the termites, the mm. ants, uh, the roaches, the wasps. Like, the, uh, I wonder if you can guess which one would be the, the most evil. Probably the ants. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But they're all very cute. Mm. They're all stylized with big kind of cute bug eyes and... Like, they're all, like, 2D images. Exactly. In, like, a colorful 3D environment. Is it, like, Bug's Life or even, like, Pikmin in a way where it, like, ties into, like, the real world? Is that a spoiler? So, you kind of see objects lying around throughout the world. Like, you see soda cans and you see... Mm playing cards, kind of just strewn around the world. And so it makes you wonder what's going on and you don't really find out much else. Sure, uh, that's, that's fair. And so... There's not like a boss fight against a human or exactly. anything. Exactly. Sure. And so that's it is... probably for the best. Yes. It, it is interesting how they weave together, you know, some of the, the real world elements. Mm-hmm. The only reason I kind of like ask about all that is just like there's... I, just to get a good image of like what kind of bug-related media we're dealing with. Because I feel like... A lot of people think of like Bugs Life or whatever when they just think of bugs in a fantasy setting or whatever. Right. You know, a lot of different flavors available. It's very lighthearted. It's it's comic. It doesn't take itself seriously. Mm. The and it, it's genuinely funny. Like you know, it, it made me chuckle a couple times. It's got like good writing. Is yeah. It, is it voice acting? There's not voice acting. Okay. It's it's all just text, which is kind of a complaint. It uses word bubbles. But you can hardly tell which character, like, the arrow is pointing to. You kind of huh. have to be watching the character move their mouth to see which one it is. And by that point, like, you can't really, like, read the text as it's scrolling. It's, like, auto-scrolling? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I couldn't tell who was talking. I was kind of annoyed by that. Right. But um, how is, like, the plot itself, the story generally? The plot the was through line. quite engaging. As the three amigos, the three bugs, you you kind of form this explorer group, and 
the queen hires you to go on all these adventures for her and re- mm. acquire the artifacts to unlock the everlasting sapling. You know, it's it's a pretty straightforward story that I wouldn't say throws too many curveballs, but it does get kind of emotional and and there's some really nice story beats in there that mm. you know, I didn't I I guess they did surprise me with. I didn't see coming. It's not predictable. Yeah, no. And and it's not bad by any means, which for an indie game is very easy to accomplish. Like, sure. I feel like a lot of indie games just the, can't. The bar's a little low, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who and who is it made by? It's by Moonsprout Games. Have they done anything else? I don't believe so. It, you know, not any major releases like mm-hmm. <clears throat> Bug Fables, uh, to my understanding. Yeah. But, so you got me trying to kind of keep away from Paper Mario, and I don't know at what yeah. point we need to dip back into it. I was about to grant you permission again, if for you, for the <laughs> listeners at home, I can like watching Braden go through this little segment, Squirm. this like yeah, like just contorting and just like veins popping, trying not to say <laughs> the the PM word so hard. I just I just felt it was important to get like a baseline understanding of like the game at hand and mm-hmm. what it is for for all the lay people listening. I mean, I think most of our listeners will know what Paper Mario is. Sure. But just 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 to just to even the playing field a little bit. And now I grant you permission. You can say Paper Mario. <laughs> you can talk about it. You can compare and contrast. We can we can begin our transition into the next part of this episode. Very good. Unless there's you have anything else to say about Bug Fables before we in in a in a Bug Fables vacuum before sure. we start Comparing it directly with a solid gold with- classic that is infallible <laughs> and cannot be tarnished. Yeah. In a vacuum, it is quite a game, actually. And for, I believe, I paid $30 at the time. It's probably on sale now. You know, That's a little steep for an indie game. For one that, like, seems a little light. I spent 35 hours on it. Okay. Wow. I cool. yes. I I got my money's worth, and that is like ironically almost as long almost as long as I spent on Paper Mario Origami King. Ooh, and recently. So, so that huh? That checks out, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. I I wanted to put it down a couple times, but it was good. And as a a spawn of the Paper Mario series of sorts, mm-hmm. it scratched the itch, but it felt like I was just playing Paper Mario again. I wanted more new. Yeah. It it did a lot of things so freaking well. Like, it, it was awesome to be back in that battle system again, where you do have to flip enemies and take them out of the air. I don't, I don't know if it's a positive or negative that you are baked in with these three bugs, and that their ability, their core abilities never really change. Sure. The partners, which we've been missing for years now from the Paper Mario series. Right. But back then, for the 64 and GameCube, those were huge features. And everyone mm-hmm. loved the partners, and they were part of the strategy of each battle, which partner you were going to use. Right. By having only these three main bug characters, it does kind of... The variety is a little low. Yes. My strategy remained the same through much of the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas if new characters had kind of come in and out, or... There was just an interchangeable party system right. or partner. It might have offered a little more variety. And that to me is ideally is less of like a comparison issue, less of like a uh, spiritual succeeding issue and more of like a, that's on like the developers to balance that properly. Because mm-hmm. either 
I feel like a game like this can either do it one of two two or so ways is like either the game like those three characters core move sets can grow like throughout mm-hmm. the entire game up until the end like they'll gain new abilities that like continue to add variety uh-huh. or you can do the paper mario thing where your cast grows you have the freedom to play with all your different options at all times throughout mm-hmm. the entire game rather than like incrementally improving what you already have sure does that make sense yeah you know what i mean it does. I have. I have a. I genuinely have a whole like game design philosophy like fleshed out in my mind about it and like general linear action <laughs> games, and we can get into it someday. But uh-huh. uh, yes, variety is important. the The progression was something that I felt was lacking as well. Mm-hmm. The characters never really got stronger in Paper Mario. Like at just the right time throughout the story progression, you got a stronger hammer or the spiked boots. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? You started doing more damage to the enemies. Right. And it never felt like I got stronger. It still always took two or three rounds to kill even some of the weakest enemies. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but it didn't feel right. I mean, that also is a, another weird precipice that especially RPGs fall on. Anything with like a level up system is mm-hmm. like making you feel making you the player character feel like you are getting stronger or getting better somehow because mm-hmm. like something like any rpg like paper mario like yeah you get like a better hammer as you go and like you do more damage but i mean kind of like what bug fable sounds like i mean you're kind of always doing the similarly the same battles like getting ahead of ourselves a little bit with paper mario like at the beginning you're stomping on goombas and hitting them with your hammer and uh-huh. the battles are a two to three turn affair. Yeah. And then later in the game, near the end of the game, when you have like the strongest hammer and strongest boots you get in the game, you're still fighting like Goombas, but there's stronger Goombas. It, it makes you feel stronger. But again, I think the core of that is just like implementing variety. Right. Cause like by that point you have all your different partners. Mm-hmm. The Goombas might have different like status effects that they give you. Like they might be like, give you poison or something. So you right. have to like work around that. But mm-hmm. I think I think it's this weird phenomenon of like these leveling up systems being almost like artificial strength. Yes, it's. But that's a bigger, larger like issue I have with RPGs generally, and is also like a very case by case basis thing. Can I just tap into that real quick as yes. just one more weird decision they made? Yeah, for sure. In Paper Mario, when you level up, you know you get a hundred star points, and then you level up, and then you mm-hmm. get to choose plus three HP, plus three. FP. FP, which is the, the TP in Bug Fables. Yeah. Or three... BP. BP. Badge points. And in Paper Mario, like I said, you get three HP. In Bug Fables, you only get one HP. Five. You get five to each time in Paper Mario. HP? When you level up? Yeah. Five. And that proves my point even more. I'm uh, stupid, but like, it didn't feel right to only be gaining one, one. HP per level up. Each, okay. each of the three bugs got plus one HP, and probably every five levels or so, sometimes it was like, your team got a bonus Ooh. two HP, um, or, huh. you know, whatever. Sure. But that was really rare, and it all, it never felt like it was worth upgrading my HP, like... Just because it was so tiny, such tiny increments each time? Yes. And I had medals... That were more cost efficient to use that upgraded like 3 HP for, Mm. I don't know, I it just, the strategy economy was not equal. Right, yeah, and like, that's a really interesting thing to call it, because like, yeah, that's 
central to so many RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, leveling up and building your party and upgrading certain stats and things. And, like, so much can become pointless so quickly. Yeah. When an RPG is being, like, designed, I feel like the designers really have to, like, map out that, like, line graph of how your numbers your levels, mm-hmm. your HP, your stats, your everything is going to progress like diagonal up throughout the entire game along with the world around you mm-hmm. and how they're all going to like, like, I mean, it's level scaling. It's like yeah. level adapting. It's, it. I mean, I think that's one of the um, biggest struggles like any yeah. game can face. Oh, absolutely. Any paramount to any designing any game with any sort of increased numerical value over the course of the game. Yeah. Like even like, Zelda, something as simple as Zelda that doesn't even have like RPG elements. Uh-huh. You get more hearts as you progress through the game. Right. Your sword gets stronger mm-hmm. so that when you go back to earlier areas of the game, you kill those enemies in one hit. Mm-hmm. But these new enemies might take a few more. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's art, it's this artificial sense of growth. Yeah. But to bring it back to Bug Fables, it sounds like that sense of growth falters a little bit or is a little inconsistent. Mm hmm. Maybe not all the way fleshed out or thought out, planned out, mapped out. I can't decide if they tried to do too much or they they tried to improve upon Paper Mario in as many facets as they could. Okay, go on, but then hold that thought. It turns out not every facet needed improvement. Terrific. Hold that thought. Stop right mm-hmm. there. It's my turn. Go. for This is, okay, this is for... Our mom who listens to this podcast, this is for everybody who's never played a Nintendo <laughs> game that's listening to this for some reason. This is for everybody who weathered through that first like 20 minutes or whatever, however long we've been talking, that's never played a Paper Mario game. Paper Mario is our Nintendo gym for this episode. Yeah. It was released for the Nintendo 64 in 2001. Um, wow. I think we're... Isn't that crazy? Wow. In the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have An said N64 that. game. Yeah. Majora's Mask was too. I knew that. But Paper Mario, I thought it was earlier in the N64's lifespan. No. It's very... Because that's encroaching on GameCube. Oh, it's past GameCube, I think. Uh Even... Yeah, pretty wild. But yes, published by Nintendo, obviously, it's a Mario game. Developed by Intelligent Systems. And Intelligent Systems, they'd worked with Nintendo before quite a bit. They're kind of like one of their, like, right-hand developers. Mm -hmm. And, like, even since then, they do, like, a lot of the RPGs that Nintendo puts out like a lot of the fire emblem games too sure so paper mario is a mario rpg that is essentially the concept at this point there already was a mario rpg literally called super mario (laughs) rpg legend of the seven stars for the super nintendo the previous generation of consoles and so this paper mario was actually originally billed to be a sequel it was originally billed to be super mario rpg 2 Interesting. And you can even find some really interesting prototype graphics of like the the Mario sprites from like Mario World yeah. running around a similar 3D world as you see in Paper Mario. Right. It's very interesting. And so Paper Mario is a very strange title for a game. Mm-hmm. The concept being essentially that like the entire world is rendered in 3d it's very it looks all that looks kind of like a pop-up book it uses like the n64's really blocky jaggy Mm -hmm. graphics to a very successful degree because Mm -hmm. everything just kind of looks like it's like 
folded up from a pop-up book. It's yep. like it, it looks very jaggy and colorful, and that's like all it's supposed to be. It's scrapbooked right out of magazines and storybooks. Exactly, and the backgrounds all look like hand painted, mm-hmm. especially on like an old CRT TV where it's really blurry. It mm-hmm. looks, it still looks gorgeous. It's aged gracefully, mm-hmm. but the paper part really comes in because all this environment is 3d but all the characters are rendered in 2d they're essentially 2d sprites 2d graphics not like flat on the ground but like standing upright like a diorama right and so if paper mario turned 90 degrees you wouldn't be able to see him anymore yeah and then if he turned 90 more he would be facing the other direction right like they're like they're made of paper like they're standing up paper cutouts uh-huh. across this like pop-up book world it's a very it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's it's again it's aged very well mm-hmm. like purely visually mm-hmm. it's really brilliant art direction because especially by 2001 even by then like the n64 graphics were starting to look aged mm-hmm. and like games like goldeneye and perfect dark and like turok that tried to go for more realistic things just yeah. kind of looked like garbage (laughs) and and so something that used like the n64's relatively simple graphical rendering abilities to such an artful simplistic degree was a great use of the hardware very inventive very innovative so that's all the aesthetic it's about mario it's a mario game peach gets kidnapped by bowser that's it classic uh i mean it's it's an rpg so it does have some plot it's got like it's chapter based Mario has to get all the star spirits to go up to Bowser's castle and confront him. Bowser has... Overpower the star rod. Yeah, Bowser has kidnapped Princess Peach and stolen the star rod from the star spirits. And so Mario has to rescue all the star spirits that Bowser has locked away, gather all the star power, and confront Bowser. It's very cool, actually. This is the first time, really, that Bowser defeats Mario. Mm Mm-hmm. In the prologue, the prologue before chapter one... Bowser enacts his plan. He has the star rod, and he kind of kicks Mario's butt. You battle it out too. They yeah. it, they play it as a battle that is not winnable. Yeah, it's a it's a battle that you are supposed to lose, and it 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 feels like a defeat. It's very <laughs> it's very it's kind of sad. Like as a kid, it made me like feel kind of bad for mm-hmm. Mario and Peach that like Mario gets his butt handed to him, and then he gets careened off of Bowser's castle onto the ground, mm-hmm. which of course he falls like a piece of paper he kind of like floats down eventually which is very funny but yeah that's generally the plot traditional mario fare most of the time each paper mario game has like kind of been the same thing since plot wise bowser's involved peach gets kidnapped and you have to collect all seven of some kind of (laughs) star-shaped thing yeah this one's star spirits the sequel it's the crystal stars right in the third one it's the pure hearts Collecting the seven MacGuffins over seven chapters and then fighting the boss, the big bad boss. The plot being very Mario-esque, simplistic, Mario saves Peach, but the chapters themselves, in typical kind of general RPG fashion, um, they each are their own self-contained story. Mm -hmm. For each chapter, Mario goes to a new location around the Mushroom Kingdom. Each location is like very fleshed out, will have like its own like town yeah characters community key characters that show up for that chapter that like lead you around um its own like dungeon its own like level mm-hmm. oftentimes its own chapter boss that like will appear throughout the chapter and taunt you or mm-hmm. something like each each chapter has its own little subplot and some of them are so brilliant there's of course the classic like desert is the second level but it's interesting 
the Tutton Koopa that is the boss taunts you, but it turns out he's just like a little coward. There is a murder mystery near the end that like Penguin Village. There's an Agatha Christie mystery in one of the chapters. There you go into the Shy Guy toy box. Yeah. Uh, Each chapter subverts the standard structure of like what you expect a a chapter to be like it you yeah. don't always fight the boss at the end you don't right it really takes you on just this up and down roller coaster that never seems to get old mm-hmm. it each each turn just feels like a brand new adventure and like they're about to yeah. show you just a whole new it literally feels like a storybook. Mm-hmm. Like with each of the chapters, it's own its own little colorful, fun, self-contained story. At the end, you get a star spirit. You move on to the next one, and along with each chapter having the, the boss and the plot and its own little sub story is like we mentioned earlier. We alluded to with the Bug Fables discussion the partners. Each chapter, you acquire a new partner. Mario builds up this like party of really colorful quirky fun characters that follow him around and that you utilize throughout the game their abilities they're each usually like a character that's involved in like the chapter story and then they they leave their home to follow mario on his adventure and help him out it's all it's just very 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 charming the soundtrack to paper mario as well just amazing consistently amazing through all the paper mario games and the tubla blubba heart battle theme stays with me but, um, <laughs> so all that being said, that's like, that's Paper Mario on the surface. Mm-hmm. But to talk about the gameplay, it is essentially most of what we've already talked about with Bug Fables, which mm-hmm. is the interesting thing. Paper Mario is a turn-based RPG. You could call it, like, Bug Fables, an adventure game, an adventure RPG, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of, like, exploring the overworld, talking to characters, solving puzzles just a lot of exploration mm-hmm. and character interaction um, as an RPG is is want to do. Right. And then the RPG, the combat, is turn-based, something that these Mario RPGs kind of coined really early on. With Super Mario RPG in particular, the Super Nintendo game, are these action commands. Mm-hmm. Most of the time in RPGs, role-playing games, the turn-based combat is you select an action and then you wait and watch all it the characters. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> you, your character does the action, the enemy reacts back, and then... The damage is done. Yeah, the turn begins anew, and that's all, that's all there is. That's all she wrote. But the, the Mario RPG games really innovated it in this very, in hindsight, obvious way. Right. This way that... Make it interactive. Yeah, like literally just make it into a video game. <laughs> make it fun. Yeah. Um, like that's like that's the one hill that anybody that doesn't like RPGs could, has to get over is just like that turn-based combat is just boring. Uh-huh. It's boring. Mm-hmm. So the obvious thing is to make RPG combat fun by making it interactive. Mm-hmm. So these Mario RPGs and Paper Mario in particular have these action commands where when you choose a move, when you choose to attack an enemy, you have to do like a specific press a specific button at a certain time or hold a specific button for a certain amount of time or do these various different like interactive button inputs to do like extra damage Mm -hmm. that adds this extra layer of interactivity to the combat that makes it fun. It's not pure strategy and it's also not you're just like watching 
it's not just theater. Sure. You know, you're yeah. not just watching it happen. You're like, you're, you're playing it mm-hmm. like you should be. Yep. And in addition, when enemies are attacking you, you can time and a button press for when they attack you to block it to reduce your damage. Yep. It removes that theatrical element where you just kind of sit back and watch the things happen. See what's going to happen. This yeah. Time. Your controller is always going to be in your hand and you want to mm-hmm. like be ready for whatever button press, whatever reaction you have to have next. It keeps you on your toes and, and keeps it fun and fresh and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Practically identically to Bug Fables, you have three different stats. You have HP, which is your health, FP, which is flower power, which is essentially your like magic, I guess, for lack yeah, of a better your term. Mana, your... Yeah, it's like your, your special power. Mm-hmm. Um, you use it to use special moves. And then you have your BP, which is badge power. Badges basically being analogous to the medals in Bug Fables. Mm-hmm. Badges are different items that you can equip to Mario that give him different abilities, different buffs, can also give you extra moves, extra attacks. Just overall, it's it's essentially the Mario RPG version of like equipment and weapons, customizing your character. I, I think it would be fair to call it a loadout. Like you do yeah. have to like create like a badge loadout. And so exactly. like that's equipment of some sort. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's... And, and you level up as you, you collect star points, which are experience points, and you level up every once in a while. You can choose to upgrade your HP, your FP, or your BP, each level up. And it's really interesting that you mentioned that, like hybridizing your Mario a little bit, mm-hmm. because what's really fun to watch are BP-only runs yeah, of Paper Mario. Dude. Like where a player will like only ever upgrade BP. A and badge just, like, build? Yeah, just <laughs> beef him up with like crazy badges just to like make every run like so weird. Mm-hmm. If all like the gameplay stuff sounds familiar or if it seems like I skimmed over it a little bit, at least it's because we've kind of been over it already with Bug Fables, which is kind of where the crux of this whole discussion and the point of this episode kind of comes in because Brayden's been recently playing Bug Fables. That's like what he's been sinking his teeth into recently. Yeah. And you can't really talk about Bug Fables without talking about Paper Mario, as we learned in the fa- in the first five minutes of this episode. I think we're, 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 we're making it as clear as possible to yeah. some degree. I, th- I think we've circled back around. I think we've given enough context. And so something I want to return to is something you mentioned near the end of the Bug Fables conversation. Um, how much is new in Bug Fables versus how much it directly rips off. Because mm-hmm. that's something that like sequels, spiritual successors, as it were, there's so many examples of this, like ukulele and Banjo Kazooie. Right. Ukulele did not live up to it for mm-hmm. many reasons, partially because it tried to stick to too true to the source material uh-huh. that it didn't feel original. Immortals Phoenix Rising, which just came out recently, mm-hmm. was I I don't know how good of a game it really was in its own right, but it was directly compared to Zelda Breath of the Wild for obvious reasons, because it looks and plays just like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Genshin Impact, have you seen that? I've heard the name. It's same thing. It's a Breath of the Wild kind of clone. You can't really look at it and not think of Breath of the Wild. Is that the mobile game? It is that mobile game that you've probably seen like ads for all over the place, or at least did for a while. Um, it's a mobile game. It is for consoles, and it is for Switch, too. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like a free-to-play game. Yeah. Um, which is why it's like a little weird. But again, Breath of the Wild to a T. And so there's always like this thing with... like The reason Bug Fables exists is because we haven't gotten 
a quote-unquote true Paper Mario sequel in two decades. Mm -hmm. Um, After this first Paper Mario for the N64, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door came out for the GameCube a few years later, and Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door was as true a sequel as you can get. Mm -hmm. It kept all the same mechanics, all the same, all the, really all the same things that made the first Paper Mario good and made an all new story, kept it so interesting and it kept the charm. It's pretty phenomenal. There, there's, I mean, I'm sure there are studies into like just those two games. Oh, absolutely. And it is truly extraordinary how much of a step up Truly, Every everything fr- about pa- the original Paper Mario uh-huh. is in its sequel. Right. Like, it, the, the right. sequel does not falter in any capacity compared to the original, but the first Paper Mario is still so original and innovative and fun for its time that, mm-hmm. like, to this day, there are heated debates in pretty much every corner of the gaming community as to which one's better. Right. With the original Paper Mario or its sequel, because they're both just so good. And so here we are 20 years later with Bug Fables because we haven't gotten the same kind of Paper Mario since then, the same kind of turn-based RPG mm-hmm. action thing. And so Bug Fables came out and tried to be that. And I can't tell why I feel hollow after <laughs> playing it. <laughs> and I, That's so sad. If we slapped a Mario skin on it, Maybe that would fire the right chemicals in my brain. Sure. Um, there is this kind of like unspoken Nintendo touch. I mean, this is a Nintendo podcast, so I'm not, if I sound biased, it's because I am. <laughs> but like, yeah, like the, those Breath of the Wild clones, like they're not successful for maybe more than one reason. Maybe they're not good games. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. And like, but even Breath of the Wild itself gets compared to like, Assassin's Creed and mm-hmm. Far Cry and other open world survival games, yeah. but Breath of the Wild itself just has this magic Nintendo touch mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Odyssey is just another 3D Mario game, and there have been hundreds of thousands of 3D platformers, uh-huh. but Mario just has that that edge. Something about it. That created ingredient. Yeah, that just like Nintendo Spark. Mm-hmm. And so I think whatever that fluid concept is bug fables is just missing that extra sheen to it right that extra polish i i feel bad right they got so close yeah because it's an indie game it is an incredible game for an independent studio to have put together to so competently represent this series that is Mm. unrelated to their own company right and so if i had to put a number on it Oh boy. Oof. I don't know. I don't Pre- know. Preceding that, I mean, is that like understanding that Paper Mario and its sequel are tense? <laughs> like automatically? Like. More or less. Even beyond that, like they're just stone cold classics. They're gold. Mm-hmm. They're, they're untouchable. Yep. They're games that you make people that don't like playing games play. They're mm-hmm. just paragons. So, so how's Bug Fables? <laughs> As as an overall experience, I would give it like a 7.5 out of 10. I think that's fair. Having um, not played it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just... Because that's above average. It is. It, it was... Like I said, I spent 35 hours on it. And I don't always want to play post-game content. But there... You know, there's post-game content. And I, I cleared up most of the major missions in the post-game. I'm not going to 100% it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it was enticing, and I wanted to finish it, even though there were 
some of the chapters, you know, they didn't nail. Really? Yeah. And it can't be faulted for not living up to the reputation of a, of a Nintendo classic. Absolutely. And it should be praised for how close it got Mm -hmm. be coming from a tiny independent studio, presumably tiny. Yeah. Um, indie studio. And it should also be commended for probably just how solid it is in its own right. Yeah. Yes, it did. Absolutely improve aspects of the formula really like i said the the handing off of your turn to your to your oh other, yeah uh-huh. uh, being able to like sequence your turn a little bit absolutely mm-hmm. and whoever's in the front you know this is a feature of having three characters instead of the two from paper mario mm-hmm. but whoever's in the front is a little bit stronger than the rest Interesting. like they, they get they deal like one more point of damage than the rest of them the the difficulties there like i started on hard mode but it Genuinely got too hard oh. uh, around chapter two or three. And so it's a badge. You can just turn it on or off. Nice. Oh, yeah. So I died on normal mode a handful of times. So you know what I mean? There is there is some good difficulty. I underprepared for some battles. There, there's this really cool feature where if you lose a battle, you can actually change your loadout. One time I went into this battle and it turns out I needed to suit up for poison. Like they were just mm. going to poison me. And so I put on all I lost and I, I changed my loadout and got another try. And it was, you know, it was cool. And so, you know, there's just some some good strategy in there that Paper Mario did play straight up did not have right. that okay. I have got to credit to Bug Fables for like, all right, you know, if they're not going to do this part, at least they're doing this part. That's pretty cool. Right. So, and it, so it did try to carve itself. Yeah. Something new. It never felt to me like they weren't shooting for the moon. You know what I mean? Sometimes they landed among the stars and that's okay. But they, you know what I mean? They were trying to do their best. And I think they, they probably did their best. <laughs> that sounds very, well, that sounds very like, oh, pat on the head. No, like, you, you tried game, silver metal sprout games. Like, yeah, like, like as in like for the enjoyable experience. Yeah. It's clear that it was a labor of love. They put in all they did and mm-hmm. it was worth it. Like the it, moon sprout yeah. polish shows. Oh, there you mm. go. For any kind of player, if you're looking for a game to sink 100 hours in, I think the difficulty's Oof. there. There's a boss rush mode. There's cool. enough badges and things to collect. I have more than a dozen or two quests left in my log that I could sweep up that I'm huh. just probably not gonna. Um, and so, like, for 20 I think it's $20 on Steam, 30 on Switch, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds like a good value for what it is. Yes, it, it is. Whether you're like me and you just want to go through and get, you know, try and scratch that Paper Mario itch, that turn-based, formulaic combat mm. perfection that, that we haven't had in years. Yeah. You know, it'll tide you over until Nintendo gets its head out of its booty and gets us a new Paper Mario. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Maybe we didn't dig as deep into Bug Fables and like the intricacies of its comparison to Paper Mario, maybe as we should have or could have. But I think it's also an ongoing conversation. Well, mm-hmm. as we go on, we'll, we're going to get a lot of games that are like, this is the next, this is trying to be a new Zelda game. Uh-huh. Or this is, we haven't gotten a new Metroid Prime in decades. And so this is trying to be a new Metroid Prime. Right. I, that conversation is, is everlasting, mm-hmm. you know, as long as Nintendo is putting out absolute solid gold classics people are going to be trying to ape them talk them live up to them and uh 
it's just kind of a case-by-case basis on whether they succeed. Right. So, Bug Fables, colon... The Everlasting Sapling. The Everlasting Sapling. Do you think there will be a sequel? That's... I was just thinking about that, and Mm. I hope so. I think they can make an even better game. Like, you know what I mean? I think looking at the product that they gave us in Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling... I think this developer is smart enough to see kind of where they may have goofed up a little bit and and really come back with an even better Paper Mario entry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you can only imagine that like the majority of the feedback they get on this kind of game, this kind of spiritual successor kind of game is at least almost nothing but constructive. Mm-hmm. So they really can learn. Like, yeah. where what are people complaining about? What's too similar? What's too different? Mm-hmm. What's new that was appreciated and what's not? Yeah. The future the I, future is bright for Moon Moonsprout. Moonsprout. The future is bright games. for Moonsprout games, I think. I think so. If they I mean, if they really want to lean into this that genre, that formula and make mm-hmm. Bug Fables a a series, I think I think it could happen. That'd be nice. If, Sounds cool. Yeah. Well, oh, that was that was thick with with <laughs> content. T H I C C. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for sticking around with us and hanging out for some bug fables and Paper Mario discussion. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the beginning, please reach out to us if you have anything to say. We want to hear what you're playing. We want to hear what you want us to play and yeah. talk about. The best way to reach us would be through Nintendo's at Gmail, Discord, Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram. And Instagram. We're on the internet. Generally. Yeah. Yes, and you can follow my own personal endeavors. I also release music, but you can follow my musical exploits at weave, W-E-A-V, dot bandcamp, dot com, or just search weave on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever else you listen to things on. Yeah, check them out. Yay. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. My name is Braden. And I am Connor. And this has been Nintendo Gems. We will see you next time. Love you.